Hey, hey, your girl is back. There's Oscar buzz for J-Lo and Hustlers. Tiff has announced their full-fledged festival winners. And MoviePass has shuddered. Boo hiss and so sad. Stay right there. You're tuned into Black Hollywood Live, the world's first digital broadcast network devoted entirely to urban entertainment and pop culture. Tune in right now. Hey, hey, everybody. It's your girl, Carla Renata. I am black. I mean, back. (laughs) With the Curvy Critic here at Black Hollywood Live. It is episode 77. This is Sunday, September 15th, one day before my fantabulous birthday. So you can wish me happy birthday in the chat room if you like. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) But y'all, I'm happy to be back live. Um, I had so much fun at TIFF. I think I actually pulled a muscle in my foot. It is so swollen and it hurts so bad from over 20 miles of walking back and forth from hotels to theaters to parties to receptions. You name it, I was there. But I have all of that for you and then some. I'm so excited to discuss it all with you. Um, I did want to give a big shout out to... Norman Lear before we get started big shout out to Norman Lear because Norman Lear as of last night's creative arts Emmys has become the oldest person to receive an Emmy award for his live series they did a live version of the Jeffersons and all in the family earlier this year and he won an Emmy for that RuPaul won his fourth consecutive Emmy James Corden won for his carpool karaoke, and the list goes on and on. You can find all those winners online, but I love Norman Lear. I grew up on his television sitcoms, and so I just had to give him a big shout-out for his programming and winning that Emmy last night. I also wanted to talk about, well, I'll talk about this a little bit later, but there is so much Oscar buzz going on for Jennifer Lopez for Hustlers. I have some definitive thoughts about that. I'll let you know about that when we get into the conversation about the Hustlers movie. Um, and I did want to get into talking about the Toronto International Film Festival. So as you guys know, I went there a couple of weeks ago. I left on September 3rd to go there and I came back on September 11th, which I was like, I did not realize I was flying on September 11th until I looked and saw that it literally was September 11th. But I made it. I'm good. And I have to give a big shout out to all the people, the firefighters, the first responders, and everyone that helped clean up behind that tragedy. Um, We are in their debt forever. So I wanted to acknowledge that as well because I was not here last week to do that in real time. Um, Now, at TIFF, there was a big controversy because usually the critics and the influencers and the enthusiasts have a whole bunch of P&I screenings that they can go to. And P&I basically means press and industry. So those that means there's literally nothing there but, but people in the industry and media that are watching those screenings. And they usually do them in tandem with the galas and the premieres of the big title films or anything that's having a world premiere at the festival. This year they did not. And there was a big controversy about it because... A lot of the theaters that were in Toronto um, refused to show titles coming from Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon. And they had a lot. They had a whole lot of titles. And then Warner Brothers had probably like three, I want to say three quarters of the films that were at TIFF. It was a really interesting type of situation for them. But 
they had a lot of titles there and it's unusual that one studio has that many titles but Warner Brothers did I was fortunate enough to see pretty much all of them but a lot of people were not and that was because there was that whole snafu going on with the P&I screenings there not being as many of them this year so a lot of people weren't able to get in on the really big screenings. But, you know, one of the things I love about going to the Toronto Film Festival is that I get to see titles and films that I wouldn't normally see under any other circumstances in Los Angeles. I may not get invited to the junkets or the press conferences for those movies. So I love to see those. And I'll talk about those in a little bit, too. I also wanted to say and give a big shout out to Hustlers because they did get $32 million and it's growing. And again, that Oscar buzz for J-Lo... And um, I did a luncheon. So a lot of times at the film festivals, they have luncheons and press conferences and brunches and receptions. And it's just so much stuff to go to, which is why I flew in a couple of days early. The festival runs from the 5th through the 15th of September. And I flew in a couple of days early just to get organized and get my mind right. Because it was a lot of material and a lot of information to cover. And I just wanted to make sure that I had time to cover everything. But Focus Features had a special brunch slash lunch for some journalists of color and with the cast of Harriet, a new film that they have coming out in November, which is uh, featured around Harriet Tubman. And at that lunch was Cynthia Erivo, Leslie Odom Jr., Omar Dorsey, the director Casey Lemons was there, and um, Zach, who plays Cynthia slash Harriet's husband in the film, he was there. Jennifer Nettles was there. Y'all may know Jennifer Nettles. She is a, an award-winning, Grammy award-winning country recording artist, and she plays Eliza Brodus in Harriet. So that what they did was they had like a little roundtable situation. They were about five to seven different tables set up maybe with mm, I want to say five to six journalists each at each table and they brought two artists from the film at each table and then rotated them around the room it was very informal it was lovely you got to talk to the artists in the film and the director in the in the in the film in a way that you wouldn't be able to speak with them in a press conference or in a junket or even in a one-on-one interview situation because all of those situations are very limited but this was like a good hour long so you were able to have a nice good meaty in-depth discussion with all of them and I that was one that was a highlight for me because the film is getting so much attention good and bad that I really wanted to just sit down and have a really informal conversation about that and and I'll get to that in a minute when we begin talking about Harriet a little later on when I introduced that interview that I did with Cynthia Erivo and Leslie Odom Jr. which is pure comedy by the way but um Let me run through these titles real quick because I have a very finite period of time and a lot of titles to see. I went through some of them last week um, before, uh, while I was at TIFF, I ran through some of the titles I had seen thus far. So now I'm going to go through the titles that I didn't have a chance to see before I spoke with you last week. But before I do that, I just wanted to say if this is your first time joining me here at The Curvy Critic with Carla Renata, please give me a big old thumbs up at YouTube to let me know you were here. I love knowing that my folks are here watching and paying attention and 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 shouting out a sister. I want to give Marlon Wallace a big old happy 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 welcome back in the chat room. I love my peeps in the chat room that join me. I appreciate you and thank you for my birthday wishes. Having said that, let's move on to Joker.
Now, this is what I have to say about Joker. First of all, it is a Warner Brothers titled film. It is due for major release on October 4th. So before I continue, a lot of these films that I'm talking about, they are due for major release and you will have an opportunity to see them. I'm just giving you a sneak peek of what I saw and what my opinion is as I watched it at the film festival. I went to the world premiere of Joker at the Toronto International Film Festival. That film is directed by Todd Phillips and it stars Francis Conroy, Robert De Niro, Zazie Beetz, and Joaquin Phoenix. I talk about Joaquin Phoenix here at Black Hollywood Live all the time. I don't care what movie he's in. I love Joaquin Phoenix. He can do no wrong to me. I think he is one of the most brilliant, underrated actors in Hollywood. I really, really do. And I'm still salty about the fact that he didn't win an Oscar for Walk the Line playing Johnny Cash. There, I said it. <laughs> but having said that, this film is very disturbing. Um, and not in a good way. It's a very disturbing film for a variety of reasons. It is kind of like I, I, I likened it to a prequel of the Joker, which tells you what he is and how he became the way he is that we know him to be in the Batman franchise. Now it's like everything that led up to that moment of how we know the Joker now is what the Joker film is about. Um, it's dealing with mental illness. There's some gun situations going on in there. Um, or access to guns and how easily accessible guns are in this society, it's going to make me never look at a clown the same way again. Like, I was that person that actually kind of loved clowns. But now, between it and Joker, I'm feeling some kind of way about a clown. I don't know if I will ever look at a clown ever again. And I cannot tell you... Well, I can tell you that when Todd Phillips came out to introduce Joker at the festival, he was like, he came out with so much energy that he got, you know, the, the crowd hyped, got me hyped. And he was like, look, I'm going to straight up tell you this film is bonkers. And I'd be interested to know how you feel about it when you see it. Personally, I loved it. I loved it. Not everybody did. It's not everybody's cup of tea. And when we get closer to October, I will tell you why and give you a full review at that time. But I just want to give you a little taste, a little tidbit of it so that you know what I saw, how I felt about it, and when it's going to come up next for you to check it out. I also had an opportunity to see a film called Bad Education and watch Hugh Jackman tap dance all over this scandal that happened back in the day. So back in... Um, I, th- I want to say the early 90s, I guess is when it was, I think 1993, I want to say. There was an embezzlement of school funds that happened in Long Island in a town called Roslyn that is by, lo- by far and large the biggest high school embezzlement situation in United States history. This man <laughs> that was the principal of this school embezzled this money where he was getting facelifts he was living in fancy cars his superintendent of schools had five houses and she was going shopping it was just it was scandalous but starring in this movie with Hugh Jackman is Allison Janney and Ray Romano and they are giving they are giving performances that what Actually, Hugh Jackman is giving a performance I've never seen him do before. He is pure, unadulterated evil in this movie. Just nasty evil. And it's based on a true story and it's based on true people. So I can only imagine how the real person was. But it's based on the scandal that happened in the school in Long Island. And it's produced by Automatic. That's Automatic with a T-I-K. 
and um, it is directed by Corey Finley. And I think Corey Finley did a really good job, and I really like this movie. I'm hoping that it get because it's an indie film, so to speak, I hope that it gets some legs and we really get to hear more about it and Hugh Jackman in the award season because Hugh Jackman did another film earlier this year, The Front Runner, and he got no love for that. I couldn't understand why. I think because... Most of the time with actors and Holly, actors and actresses in Hollywood, people get so used to seeing them in a certain light or pigeonhole them into a certain lane. And people are used to seeing, you know, Hugh Jackman as a superhero, as Wolverine, or they're used to seeing him smiling and dancing and singing, you know, like in The Boy From Oz or doing the Tony Awards or in some musical somewhere. But I just have to tell you that as actors... The ones that are the greatest are the ones that can span their range across different genres, across different types of characterizations. And in my opinion, Hugh Jackman is one of those people. So don't sleep on bad education. The Laundromat is another film that I saw. It is based on a another real-life scandal <laughs> that revolves around something called the Panama Papers. So basically what the Panama Papers was is that, for instance, if you got some health insurance... You sign your health insurance papers with this one company, but then that company sells it off to another company, and then that company sells it off to another company, and then at some point, somebody gets a hold of the papers or these policies, and they become fake policies. So when you, it comes time for you to turn in, get your money from your policy, you find out inadvertently during the scandal, people would find out inadvertently that not only did they not have a policy, but the policy wasn't as wasn't worth as much as they thought it was after all this money they had been putting into it for years and years and years and years and years. And the papers would get passed through various hands and eventually end up with some real estate people and some banking people in Panama. That's why they call it the Panama Papers. But it's directed by Steven Soderbergh. It's made for Netflix, produced by Netflix. It'll be on Netflix able to, um, it'll be on Netflix available to stream dream um as of september 27th and basic and it stars it's got like i can't even go through this the plethora of stars that they have through this film but i'm gonna try so they've got meryl streep antonio banderas gary oldman jeffrey wright david schwimmer there's cameos by james cromwell sharon stone uh stephanie Marsha Stephanie Blake, sorry, Matthias Schoenhart. And it's, I mean, the list goes on and on, but it's really creative how they tell the story. And I was all in, and there's an ending to that that you do not see coming. And I'm not going to tell you what it is, but when I saw it, my mouth was blam, blam on the floor, open all day long. I was like, what is happening right now? And couldn't believe that I didn't pick it up before that moment where it's revealed. So if anything else, you should see it for that. But I will say it involves Meryl Streep. So the film is basically about this widow who investigates an insurance fraud when her husband dies in a boating accident and she ends up chasing it, chasing it around this insurance company and it leads to Panama City where these low-life partners are exploiting the world's financial system. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty deep little movie and, and I enjoyed it. So check it out if you can. Uh, Ford versus Ferrari. I have a Ford Mustang. So, you know, I was all over this movie. I love me a Ford Mustang. And so I was like, Ford versus Ferrari, I don't know what that means. And I wasn't understanding why. But apparently, the Ford Corporation was in trouble. They were trying to figure out a way to uh, brand their company in a different way. They decided to bring a sports car into the fleet. And at that point, they Ferrari tried to buy them out. And so there was this big fight between them. But this film stars Matt Damon and Christian Bale, two of my faves. It's 
produced by 20th Century Fox. It will hit theaters on November 5th. It's directed by James Mangold and um, is specifically in the this Ford Ferrari story, sp- story rather, specifically deals with Carol Shelby and this driver named Ken Miles and how they navigate that whole corporate inf- interference. Because, you know, whenever you're dealing with a corporation and you're dealing with creative people who are designing and trying to create a car, there's always going to be drama and heads butting, especially with male ego, where, where male egos are involved. And um, they end up building this revolutionary racing car, the Ford Mustang, for Ford and Ferrari challenges it and they end up uh, going toe-to-toe against each other at the 24-hour Le Mans race and it centers specifically around the night the year 1966 when this all goes down um there were moments of this film that kind of lagged for me but the racing sequences were the best ever I love a good racing film and I love the Ford Mustang as I said like 5,000 times but I really love Christian Bale and Matt Damon. Again, two actors that always get recognized for their work, but not enough as far as I'm concerned. And the two of them together is pure, unadulterated cinema gold. The two of them together in this movie make this movie work. Had it been anybody else, I'm not so sure if it would have uh, seen the light, so to speak. But that is that. I also saw a film called Les Miserables, no, it was not the musical, which my dumb behind thought it was. That's why I went to see it, because I thought, ooh, they doing another Les Mis movie. Let me see what that's like. Um, no. So it's not. So it's produced by Amazon Studios. It's directed by Lady Lee. I'm going to say Lee, but it's spelled L-Y. So I'm hoping I pronounce um, his or her's name right. But um, it basically deals with these two class of people in the town where Victor Hugo wrote Les Mis. And... Um, it takes place in 1993. It's a deep little film because it's dealing with class. It's dealing with police brutality, the same type of police brutality we deal with here in the United States with people of color. But we're seeing it from the vantage point of people of color over in France and what that looks like. It's a really deep film and you will walk out of there. You will walk out of there wondering about a lot of the things that you saw. It'll just make you question a lot of the things that you see here on a daily basis and wonder why our society, whether whether it is in another continent or whether it is here or in another country, why in this world we're dealing with this whole police brutality theme right now. Like, why is that so much at the forefront? And my personal opinion is... um, Humanity needs to just wake up and become a little more patient with each other. And I feel like technology, as much as I love it, has played a huge part in that. But I feel like this film is something that everybody should see. I do not have a release date on it just yet. But when I get it, I will definitely let let y'all know because you know that I do. Now I'm swinging back around to Harriet. So Harriet, like I said earlier, is a focus features film. It's going to drop on November 1st. It may drop a little earlier. Um, I'll let you know if it does. But it is directed by Casey Lemons. Casey Lemons did Eve's Bayou and a bunch of other films. But she is a wonderful, wonderful female director of color. I I really admire her and appreciate her work. And she's a St. Louis homie. She's from St. Louis, Missouri. So, you know, I'm always supporting people from St. Louis on this show. That's just my thing. But she is the director. Deborah Martin Chase and her production company, Martin Chase Productions, are the producers, along with Focus Features. 
It stars Cynthia Erivo, Leslie Odom Jr., Vanessa Bell Calloway, Janelle Monet, Omar Dorsey, Jennifer Nettles. Now, what I will say about it before we play this interview is that a lot of people, when we first started talking about Harriet, were talking about they didn't want to see it because they were afraid they were going to have slave fatigue. This is not a slave story, but I will say that you cannot talk about Harriet Tubman without acknowledging slavery. That is part of her narrative. So if you think you're going to go see a movie about Harriet Tubman and you're not going to see some slavery, you are sadly mistaken. It's going to be there because that is part of her narrative, and you can't tell her story without telling a, a, a talking about slavery. You just cannot. But what I will tell you is this. Cynthia Erivo got a standing ovation, and this film premiered the same night as Judy at TIFF. Now, it was all up in the news about Renee Zellweger getting a standing ovation at Judy, but nobody talked about Cynthia Erivo getting a standing ovation for Harriet. And I was there, and she did. And she's fabulous in the movie. She is the film. She is a star. Unequivocally, the movie would not work without her. And... I just, I can't say enough about her. And there's been a huge controversy surrounding her. There was a hashtag called Harriet Deserves Better. And I'm speaking with her and Leslie Odom Jr., who plays William Still, about that controversy. I'm speaking to Leslie about his character. And I spoke to Cynthia about what it was like to play Harriet Tubman and some little tidbits of info that I found out about her. Take a listen. Well, yeah, she has a young, yeah, she, uh, in her later years, uh, she ended up being with a younger man, a lot younger. I think he was in his 30s, maybe, when she was, and when, by the time they were together, she was in her 40s, early, late so 40s, maybe. do you and Harriet have that in common, possibly? No. <laughs> no, I, I'm younger than my man. Uh, okay. Well, there was an ex who was younger. Okay, see, I think there anymore. was a little cougar Tennessee hanging up there. <laughs> 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 it's all good, it's all good. Now, there's really heavy buzz on you with this particular award season, and um, if you win this, you'll be eligible for that ECAT, which has very few members mm-hmm. of uh, people of color, yeah. people like and very Goldberg, few women, Robert yeah. Lopez, and Rita Moreno. How yeah. are you feeling about that? Um, it freaks me out a little bit, and I say from your lips to God's ears, if that is what is going to happen, then that, then I would be very appreciative of that. It would be awesome. But we'll see. Leslie, how much did you know about William Still before you started doing this project? I knew the name, and I knew what he'd done, but I certainly didn't know about the life. I didn't know about the life the man had lived. I didn't know about his, his parents or the circumstances that he grew up in. Even in the information age, we have people standing on a soapbox saying like slavery sounds like a choice you know why why didn't they just escape the ignorance of that dropping down into William Still's life as one example whose mother tried to escape twice with her four children and was brought back into chattel slavery twice had to make the choice on the third escape attempt to leave two of her sons behind and she made it she escaped with her two daughters to New Jersey. Mm-hmm. She had new children in Jersey. Uh, William's one of the children she had in freedom. And so learning about that detail in his life, learning, imagining what it must have been like to be raised by a mother who she must have been in grief forever. So all of us were raised by people and mm-hmm. maybe dad was a little too gruff or mom, mom didn't hug me the way I wish she would have. Those oh. things and then later in life you learn, oh, that thing happened. That's why. Yeah. That's you know what I mean. So just I do. yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was just that that family piece of his Changed learning about everything. his parents, 
I worked all that into my knowledge of who William still was and mm. what his work was, and it just yeah, just made it more personal for me. So I read this article in Deadline mm. about this so-called controversy that where people have been saying um, Harriet deserves back. And I love that David Oyelowo said this. Did you see this article? I did, yeah, yeah. So I love that he said that, you know, no such no such criticism has been made or leveled against Meryl Streep when she played Margaret Thatcher or mm. Christian Bale when he played Dick Cheney or mm. Daniel Day-Lewis when he played Abraham Lincoln. And at the end of the day, what is your job as an actor? Right. Your job is to inhabit a character mm. and either convince the people watching you that this person is truth, that the character has truth or not. Mm. And I just want to f- know what you guys feel about that, because I actually agree with David Oyelowo. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's about the best actor for the job, mm. not the best Nigerian, not mm. the best whatever, mm. but the best person mm. to inhabit the character, to bring the character to life. Mm. And I saw the film, and I think both of you <laughs> did fantabulous jobs. I'm Thank just going to say that. Y'all did fantabulous jobs. Thank and you. I applaud both of you for the work that you did but I really just wanted to know what you had to say about that yeah I mean it's been a little tough I would ask that people give me the chance first and see it then give the opinion because I think that unless you know what I can give you unless you know what I'm bringing to it then we don't know and and I know that I wouldn't have given anything less than everything I had and and that's what I put into it there's a level of trust that we have to give people before we judge them. I've tried to put everything I can into this woman and I know how important she is because she's just as important to me. And I would never have done the role if I didn't think I could. And I would never have done it if I didn't respect her or or, or love her. Um, Yeah. Do you have an opinion about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we have two movies in development, two major studio movies in development right now about Leonard Bernstein. Mm-hmm. We have another movie that's getting great buzz and reception here at this festival uh, in which Adolf Hitler is a central character, another one. Mm-hmm. And so I think that a lot of times, understandably, we've been done wrong. So understandably, we we can come out of things like out of a, like a spirit of lack it's mm-hmm. like, this is the one Harriet movie, and they didn't do it the way that I think it should be done, which is fair, you know? But I, I don't know, I submit, it's like, we can see four or five more That's, Harriet yeah. movies. Yeah, I was talking to yeah. Casey downstairs, and she said she's got five more in her. Yeah. And she felt like this wasn't enough to yeah. fully yeah. move into the story. This is, this is, this is, this is this version this it's only this version yeah it's only this version this is this is the movie that Casey and Deborah and Cynthia and Focus wanted to make I'd go see four or five more Harry yeah. I mean you know as long as they're yeah. great we can look at her from different perspectives yeah, if you think about the amount of a, like Queen Elizabeth movies about Queen Elizabeth look, the series okay. yep JFK so, right all of them right there with y'all what did either one of you learn about Harriet Tubman that you didn't know before coming into this project well I guess I was reminded that she loved, you know, that she was a woman who had love and who who lost love and that she had lost children, that she went through the things every woman has been through at one point in their life. And that, to me, made her so much closer, which actually made her even more special because to have gone through it at that time, gone through all of that at that time because she came back for him and he, he left her, just was like, 
to then continue again, con- to begin again and figure out how to start over again. And that starting over was to bring people to freedom, to save lives. That was heartbreaking, by the way. I was sitting down for lunch with a friend of mine, and she was like, yo, she, she was like, I was thinking about Harriet Tubman the other day. Yo, like, Harriet was just walking states. Yeah. Like, she didn't have, like, a like a Nike or, like, a... <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's when you think about it, yeah. A lot of yes, narcolepsy. We learn the broad strokes, but whenever you dial down into a life, like the detail, down, the detail you drill down, you like, wait, what did she do? You know, what I mean, it's the yeah. and, and the longer you live, the more you know when you because then you when you're a child, you just have so little to compare yeah. to. Yeah. And so when you you know you look at what a Harriet Tubman achieved, yeah. And like, you're comparing it now to some years that yeah. you lived and which and some obstacles that you think you faced yes. and you like really? and you, and you, you sit so, up next to what you know yeah. hold it up next to what this woman achieved so it's just stuff like that I imagine 20 years from now I might realize a new detail yeah. So yeah. it's like wow I didn't you know that that didn't yeah. make sense to me 10 or 15 years ago yeah. you feel me so we can keep looking at these things and we should yeah. I appreciate y'all that's my time I loved talking to the two of them, mostly because they're Broadway babies. Um, If you don't know who Cynthia Erivo is, Cynthia Erivo won. Actually, Cynthia and and Leslie won their Tonys the same night. Cynthia Erivo won her Tony for the revival of The Color Purple playing Sealy. And Leslie Odom Jr. won his Tony for Hamilton, which they're also going to make a feature film of that. So I'm looking forward to that. But I thought I would pee in my pants when Leslie talked about his <laughs> that conversation he had with his friend and she was like so Harriet was just walking states that's something to think about Miss Thing walked at one point over 700 miles with her feet and I was complaining about walking the 20 miles in Toronto about how I was pulling muscles and tendons in my feet walking 20 miles in the little square block rootage of Toronto. Can you imagine walking 700 miles, falling asleep, dogs following you and all kinds of stuff? We owe a huge debt to the fact that a Harriet Tubman even existed. Because of a Harriet Tubman, I'm able to sit here and talk to you today. So... You guys check out Harriet when you get an opportunity. Um, If you don't know what the controversy is that was surrounding Cynthia Erivo, all you got to do is type in hashtag Harriet deserves better and you'll find out what that's about. But as far as I'm concerned, Cynthia Erivo put her foot in it with this film and she did her thing. And as far as I'm concerned, she should get an Oscar nomination for her role. At the beginning of the conversation, I said real briefly, I was like, um, so I had heard a little, I heard through the grapevine that Harriet Tubman was a cougar, that she was dating younger people. So that's where she was in the beginning of the conversation. I forgot to set that up. All right. So The Goldfinch is another film that I saw. It's produced by Amazon. Ham- <laughs> they go kill me. Amazon Studios. It dropped on 9-13 this past weekend. It's directed by John Crowley. It stars Nicole Kidman, Jeffrey Wright. So this is another film that Jeffrey Wright had because I talked about him in the laundromat a little bit earlier. Ansel Elgort, Oaks Fagley, Fagley rather, Luke Wilson, Sarah, and Sarah Paulson. Um, it is based on a book, an award-winning book, written by Donna Tartt. I think it won the Pulitzer Prize. And so it is a film adaptation of that book. It's about this little boy in New York who is taken in by a wealthy 
Upper East Side family after his mother is killed in a bombing at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. This is the problem that I had with that film. It, they never really explained to you until like maybe the final act, and, and I probably missed it, but I felt like in the final act is when I finally found out why this bombing took place, what this boy was doing, what the goldfinch meant meant to him, how he ended up with it. But the la- the final act of the film was probably the best part of the film. This film is two and a half hours long. Um, I just feel like they took a lot for granted with the audience, um, stretching it to two and a half hours long. Someone in the studio was telling me that this book is over 300 pages and that they had read the book. So I'm like, okay, then that's why the, the movie was two and a half hours long. I enjoyed the movie. I just felt like it took them a really long time to get to the point. And and that kind of annoyed me just a little bit. But the performances, most of the films that I saw at TIFF, the performances were stronger than the actual film. And that would be the case with this one as well. So that, again, that is The Goldfinch. It opened on September 13th and it is produced by Amazon Studios. So you can probably stream that one online more than likely Ad Astra by New Regency Pictures and 20th Century Fox it will hit theaters this week on September 20th it is directed written and produced by James Gray and it stars Brad Pitt and Tommy Lee Jones and Donald Sutherland it deals with a young man who is the son of an astronaut who also is an astronaut he takes on this mission to go into space to uncover the truth about his dad dad's mission 30 years previous when I tell you Brad Pitt is doing his thing in this movie Brad Pitt always does his thing but this movie in particular is just really he's he he's doing a really good job I really like the way that the film was written I love the way that it was filmed and I what I really loved about it is the fact that this is a space movie uh, yet another movie about space and astronauts but we've never seen it from the vantage point of a generational space tale being told so that's what I particularly loved about seeing this story at Astra, but it's a good film. I really enjoyed it. You guys would like it too. Go check it out when it hits theaters on September 20th. And now I finally brought it back around the Hustlers, baby. Hustlers, Hustlers, Hustlers. When I tell you this was the talk of Tiff and everybody was trying to get a ticket to it, but they kept they kept having the Hustler screenings on the same nights as a lot of the other screenings that I had scheduled and had tickets for. So I actually didn't see this one at Tiff, but I saw it when I got home. And I'm kind of glad that I did because it deals with these strippers. It's a true life story, and it deals with these women who basically do what dudes on Wall Street and businessmen do all the time. It's just women, and they getting away with it. They are gangster. They are taking the Wall Street thugs and playing, taking their game and flipping it around on them and becoming millionaires in the process. Everybody's talking about J-Lo in this movie and Oscar buzz. She was good. I don't know if she deserves an Oscar for this. She might squeeze by with a Best Supporting Oscar nom. Maybe. I'm not sure. I have very conflicted feelings about that. But baby, when I tell you in the first 15 minutes of that film, when she does that pole dancing routine, breaking down all the different moves, I'm like... She made me want to run to the gym. She made me want to run out of the theater, snatch all my clothes off and get with it like right then and there. That's how that made me feel. But I applaud the fact that this is a really strong all-female cast directed by a woman, Lorene Scafaria. It's produced by women. It's starring women. 
I just I love the fact that this is a female driven film that's getting all this love and support from critics worldwide and that J-Lo is, is getting the first positive not positive, but the first buzzworthy reviews of her career since Selena. And I absolutely adored her in Selena. So there's that. But Hustlers opened on September 13th. It's in theaters right now. You guys, it's produced by STX Entertainment. Please, please, please check it out. I mean, when I say men do it all the time, those guys at Goldman Sachs and Chase and Wells Fargo, they did the same thing, but didn't nobody say nothing. And when a woman does it, people don't expect it. So I was all down for that. Cardi B and Lizzo are part of the cast. They're literally in the film for all of five minutes. So if you're going to see the film for them, just know that they in it for all of five minutes. But you're going you, you to get your giggles on when you go see it. I suggest taking a whole bunch of uh, crew with you to check it out. All right, I think that probably does it for all of the films that I saw at at TIFF and and here this week. So I will get into the film news right now. I want to give a big, huge shout out and congratulations to Miss, well, not Miss, Professor Jacqueline Stewart, who has been named the brand new host at Turner Classic Movies for Silent Sunday Nights. So tonight would be the first night we'll be seeing her, and she's doing a Q&A online, I believe. Please go over there and support my sister. Turner Classic Movies is really trying to raise the bar with bringing people of color over there as hosts and as guests and as pundits. So I applaud them for that. I met Jacqueline Stewart, at the ironically enough, at the Turner Classic Movie Film Festival a few years ago, and she is the most gracious, most stellar, most classy woman I've ever met and she knows her stuff she is a professor of cinema at the University of Chicago like that's her daytime gig so you guys again congratulations to Miss Jacqueline Stewart the new TCM host Turner Classic Movies host for Silent Silent Sunday Nights that's what she's doing Silent Sunday Nights over at TCM I also wanted to give a big shout out to my homie Mr. Sterling K. Brown he and Kerry Washington have a new film that they're doing and it's called Shadow Force is part of his production coming. I think Lionsgate is producing it um, and uh, it's an action flick and I hear that it's kind of like Mr. and Mrs. Smith. You know that film back in the day with Angelina Jolie and Brad Smith is kind of in that line but it's with Carrie Washington and Sterling K. Brown. I'm down for all of that. <laughs> um, Ellen Bernstein and Emma Thompson have been cast in a new Peter Pan flick. This time, instead of the Lost Boys, it's going to be the Lost Girls, and it chronicles four generations of darling women as they struggle in the aftermath of their adventures with Peter Pan in Neverland. The film follows how Wendy struggles to retain her creative spirit after her fantastical journeys with Peter Pan. I'm all about that one, too. Um, Orange is the New Black. Emmy winner, multiple Emmy winner, Uzo Aduba will be seen on season four of Fargo on FX. So look for her. It's going to be set in 1950s Kansas City, Missouri. I always talk about Missouri on this show. So, you know, if Uzo Aduba was going to be on Fargo set in Missouri, I was going to have to talk about it and give her a shout out. So that's happening. Be on the lookout for that. Boys Don't Cry, which is one of my fantabulous favorite movies of all time, directed by Kimberly Pierce, is celebrating its 20-year anniversary this year and is also being celebrated as well as Kimberly at the Women Under the Influence inaugural film festival, which is happening from September 20th through September 22nd, and they celebrate female-led cinema, female leads in cinema, and female-led cinema. That's happening in Idlewild here in California. 
So I wanted to give all of those shout outs. I wanted to make sure that you were aware of Where's My Roy Cohn. I talked about that documentary on this show a little while ago. That is going to be in theaters this week. And then I also wanted to give you my streaming peak, peak, (laughs) my streaming pick of the week. It's a film called The Weekend. It's produced by Lionsgate and Homegrown Pictures. Homegrown Pictures is the independent film company owned by Stephanie Elaine. I've spoken about Stephanie Elaine here before. Stephanie Elaine is uh, the producer who was a a uh, executive over at Paramount Pictures who discovered John Singleton and helped him make Boys in the Hood. So Stephanie Elaine's Homegrown Pictures now has a film out that it started streaming online. As of September 13th, it stars Sashir Zamata from formerly of Saturday Night Live, Tone Bell, my girl Kim Whitley, DeWanda Wise from Something Great, which was on Netflix earlier this year, and Yelan Noel, who is on Insecure. It deals with this comedian who is Sashir Zamata. Um, She goes away for the weekend with her ex-boyfriend and his new girlfriend. So now, just the description of that pure comedy alone but when I watched it I kind of enjoyed it and I got my giggle on because it was like you know how Seinfeld always started off his show in the comedy club and then whatever he talked about in his comedy routine at the beginning and the end of the episode what 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 his comedy routine book ended whatever the episode was about that's how the weekend was it was like a black version of Seinfeld in a feature film and it was pure comedy but it also sheds the light on how when you're in a relationship sometimes and you break up for something that's really stupid in the long run you realize that all the reasons you came up with for why you shouldn't be with that person are really all the reasons why you should be with that person. So it's a really, it's a very charming film. I enjoyed it very much. Again, it is called The Weekend. It is produced by Lionsgate Pictures. It went up online on September 13th. And it's also produced by Homegrown Pictures, which is owned and run by Stephanie Elaine. Let me see what y'all talk about in this chat room because I've been running my mouth and I have not said anything to y'all at all. Oh, yes, Marlon Wallace. I did forget to mention Constance Wu in Hustlers. Constance Wu is in Hustlers, and she's fantabulous, too. There's a, There was a story running around online about when um, J-Lo was teaching her the the stripper moves that she kept punching her in the face. But it was they say it was totally um, accidental. But, you know, I got one eye open on that one myself. I don't know about y'all. Um only spit yeah the, yeah the movie only spends a second on the painting yeah that movie only does spend a go the goldfinch is what he's talking about it does only spend like a, a few seconds on that painting and i was like i don't know um katya said thank you carla about j-lo i'm not sure what that means katya tell me what it means but anyway I wanted to, I'm glad that I was able to go. I was so afraid I wasn't going to be able to get all of it in because it was a lot of content. And, you know, usually I only hit about two or three films and I usually have somebody here talking with me, but I was really happy that I got through all of it for you guys. So next week, coming up next week, I'm going to talk about Judy. So I'm finally going to get a chance to see Judy. I'll be at the premiere for that. And I'm going to talk about Downton Abbey. <laughs> Downton Abbey I loved 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 that show when it was on PBS and I got to see a sneak peek of the movie ahead of time that's why I didn't talk about it this week but you guys are going to love that movie um and we'll talk about Judy I again I'll do a live show 
from another location because I will be celebrating my dad. My birthday is tomorrow, as I said earlier, and I share my birthday with my father. My father and I were born on the same day at the same time, one minute after midnight. So my family is throwing a 80th birthday party for my father, and I'm going to fly to St. Louis to celebrate. My whole family is flying into St. Louis to celebrate that with him. So I'll be streaming from the birthday party. (laughs) That's going to be fun. But I, um, or either pre-tape it. I'll, you'll find out when you see it. It'll either be pre-taped or I'll be streaming from the birthday party. We'll see which one goes down. But I did want to let you guys know what I'll be talking about next week. Thank you again. And as always for joining me here at The Curvy Critic with Carla Renato on Black Hollywood Live. This is episode 77. You can find me across all social media platforms at The Curvy Critic. And when I say all, I mean all. I mean Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, you name it. It is The Curvy Critic everywhere. I'm always here at 5 o'clock every Sunday. You can catch me right after this at the General Hospital after show, which we call the GH Report. And today I'll be there with the founder of that show, James L. Lott Jr. He'll be there along with Frank Moran. We'll be hosting that together. And um, you can find me on the panel with Dancing with the Stars on Monday nights here at AfterBuzz TV. So until the next time, love, peace, and hair grease, y'all. And I'll catch you on the next one. Bye. On behalf of our BHL staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in to Black Hollywood Live, the world's first digital broadcast network devoted entirely to urban entertainment and pop culture. Check out our Black Hollywood Live YouTube page for even more great programming and amazing content. And be sure to subscribe and like our channel when you do. I'm your BHL host, Nakia Monet, and you can find me on all social media at Kiki Boom Boom or at Black Hollywood Live. Black Hollywood Live, Hollywood redefined.